everybody, it's time to LOL. Listen out loud, that is. It's time for Anime Jam Session with DJ Ranma S, Mako-chan, and Ari Rockefeller. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Anime Jam Session, episode number 554. We are that podcast that talks about anime, games, conventions, the fandom, geek stuff, and everything in between. I'm DJ Ranma S. I am Mako-chan. And I'm Barry Mellon. And Ari is off tonight. He's dude's had a rough day, so he's taking a personal health day to kind of unwind and relax and refocus. And basically, we've all been there. Um, that's basically why we didn't have a oh. show, show last week. Um, Mako was having a rough day, and I was just dead tired for some reason. I think it was lack of sleep or something like that. But, you know. Yeah. I just said, you know, uh, I'm just going to do no show. We'll relax, recharge our batteries, and get right back at it. And Tima Thunder tells Ari to feel better. Thank you, Tima definitely, Thunder. We definitely, definitely. Really Ari, don't don't even worry about it. He says, "Don't even worry about it, friend." He's like, "I can't be on camera." And just, That's fine. That's do. Don't even worry about it. You know, that's quite mm-hmm. all right. I mean, if it came down to it, I think I could put t- I could jury rig t- a picture of of, uh, of Ash Ketchum, you know, holding like like a WWE championship belt or something like that as your as your image overlay or something. But you know, we can talk about that later. So, anywho, outside of that, how is everybody doing tonight? All right, yeah. I guess. <laughs> uh... <laughs> just just un. In- Uninhibited screams into the void. I, I feel that on a deep level, Michael. I am so tired, and I have not recovered from this weekend. Yeah, that's basically what it is. It's the after effects. Yeah, yeah. No, it definitely is a situation where I feel like a lot of people are really burnt out right now. And and thank you very much, Ari. I am very happy with her. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's been a week. It's 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 been a little while. Uh, to put it politely. <laughs> I'm alright, you know, I'm just more, a little bit of yeesh to well alrighty then, you know. And I'm just thinking about it. We should do we should set up a VTube for Mako Chan, but it it would just it would just basically be a caricature of her done in the style of Mandy from Grim Adventures, and just there you go staring at you with anger and just blinking eyes periodically. I mean, yeah, I mean that's not too hard to do. So I I, I have thought of that. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's definitely it's definitely there's been a learning curve for sure for sure. By the way, Marco, you might want to eat the microphone. <laughs> Yeah, you sound a little far off, and you're having a lot of room noise, but it, I can still understand you. Same here. Okay, how's that? Mm-mm. Nah, was it sounding like when we did when we did when we did when we tweaked settings um from that Friday? I haven't changed anything, and I'm literally right in front of my microphone. Did I think the microphone oh. is a piece of crap? Which I'm not surprised, and I'm also annoyed by it. To, to summarize, a couple of weeks ago, I upgraded Mako's uh, battle station a little bit. Got her an ex- got her an audio interface, so she's fancy now. 
we got her a microphone and she got a new headset, but we I think the microphone is just acting dumb. That's all it is. So if you're wondering why she says a little distance, just blame the microphone. But other than that, everything is good. So you know. Eh, I'll probably I'll probably go go digging through and just see about shipping another one to you or something like that. We'll figure something out. So it's how we do on this show. Mm-hmm. Mm. We are live tonight, week of August 9th, 2022, right here on Twitch TV. We're here live Tuesdays from 9 to 10 30 p.m. Eastern Time. Um, you can always find us here at Twitch TV slash anime jam session. We're also part of the Voice of Geeks Network at Vognetwork.com. You can find out more about them at that website. And you can also catch them live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Network. They kick things off on Sundays with the Bobby Blackwolf Show at 8, followed by Orange Lounge Radio at 9. And they also have a Discord. Come through at vognetwork.com slash Discord. Every show that is currently or was on the Voice of Geeks Network has a channel, so come through and hang out with us. And I think we're down to the last few weeks of the pool, so enjoy it while you can, y'all. So we're going to go around the room uh, asking everyone, how was their week? How was their day? Uh, Mako. Um, week was okay. Uh, day was okay. I'm just very tired, as I said, because um, of this weekend. I uh, had a lot of fun, but was out in the sun a little bit too much. So I'm just kind of meh. And still recovering from uh, being out in the sun too much. <sighs> I kind of know that feeling. Keyword kind of. I. It's just I like I went to music fest this weekend, um, oh, yeah. and I try and do it every year and go hang out with Applejack. Um. And every year it just seems to get hotter and hotter. I wasn't able to go out last year because of COVID. They did have a small gathering last year. And even she said last year she didn't even go out. She went out like one or two days because it was so hot during the week. Mm. And when we woke up on Sunday, she's like, um, she's like, are you up, up? Or are you, you know, looking to go back to sleep? I said, I'm okay with going back to sleep because it's hot as hell outside. And I have no desire to go outside in that. So, uh, yeah, so it was, it was bad. It was um, low 80s to, no, high 80s to low 90s, normal temperature. And then heat index was high 90s to low 100s the two days that I was out there. Um, and it's just gotten worse since. So, yeah. Here, here's a hint, y'all. If you go outside and you see the sun staring at you with the middle finger, it's best to stay indoors. Because <laughs> we've had far, far too many of those type days. Ugh. Yeah, definitely, guys. If you are having to go outside at all, like, definitely stay hydrated and have snackies. Because, like, it is not a joke out there. It is very hot. And it's supposed to rain, and the rain keeps missing where it's supposed to be. It's, mm. it's interesting you say that because I was checking the weather like Sunday, you know, and this is supposed to it's supposed to thunderstorm tonight and tomorrow. So Monday, while I was out, I actually went out and grabbed uh, an umbrella because my usual one I think 
fell out of my bag or something like that. So, and I'm looking out the window at work and you, cause our windows are kind of tinted per se. So I'm mm-hmm. looking and I can tell, Oh, it's, it's going to roll through. I go outside. It's like, it is too hot to rent, you know? And I was like, you know what? I'm looking outside. I'm like, it, lo- it feels too hot to rain, but like you could tell it's going to. So I'm just hightailing it to Wingstop, grab my food, and go home. I come up on this. I'm mm-hmm. thinking as soon as this train comes topside, thunderstorm. No, sun's out. I'm just like, okay. I just have this feeling I'm probably going to hear it tonight before I go to bed. So, you know. Yeah, I mean, there is a line of thunderstorms coming through, but it looks like it's going to go south of me. Which doesn't help me. Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't. It wouldn't cool you off very much, would it? No, especially like it's a very thin line. We got a little yeah. bit of it earlier, um, but it was like not even five minutes. There was no thunder, no lightning, just a lot of rain for about five minutes, and then that was it. It was long enough to cut my uh, internet for a minute or two. Mm. And then that was it. It's done. And like nothing happened. And I need it to happen because the heat index today was 111. Mm. It's too hot to be going out to work. Just saying. But enough about that. Barry Mellon, how was your week? How was your day? How was your month? Ah, it has been a little while, hasn't it, lovelies? I am uh, doing all right. You know, uh, definitely still addicted to that MMO that I was part of. Uh, Not a a problem, I promise. Um, But yeah, so basically I have been playing Nino Kuni and it's basically nonstop. But I've also um, been doing all my sewing stuff. So it's just been kind of keeping me busy. Uh, which is nice. It, being busy is good. And I've been making lots of new friends, which is always a bonus. Love new friends. So it's been super fun. And um, I am excited to get back into doing more podcasting with you guys again. Uh, I know it's been a little while. But yeah, it, uh, it's been catching up on work. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of just chasing after clients and trying to make sure everything's matching up and things are paid and you know just work stuff and then of course like the streaming side is also work stuff yeah, so yeah, yeah, I totally it, you know it, taking on a lot of projects that uh i wasn't i get i kind of anticipated them a little bit but i didn't anticipate them happening this year uh and then they just kind of snowballed so it has been it has been it's been a month yeah it's <laughs> i don't even think i had uh a lot of this stuff set up uh last time i was here with you guys so um yeah it's it's been Doing all right, uh, as far as I can tell. Um, and basically just keeping up with just all the different channels and things that I'm doing. It, it, yeah, it's a, I definitely can feel the burnout uh, that other people are experiencing right now. Uh, it's definitely a situation where I have had, you know, I had to take a few days where it's just kind of chill out and like don't even think about stuff. Um, and I've definitely gotten into Don't Starve, which is dangerous, guys. Uh, it's fun. It's fun as all hell, but uh, definitely dangerous. Well, I will say, I actually have the actual RPGs. And, and by actual, I mean, like, the original Nino Kuni and Nino Kuni 2. I, I yeah, 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 I, the games, yeah. the games, yeah. I actually have it for PS3. Mm-hmm. Then went out and got it for PS4, because I never played it for PS3, because... Mm-hmm. 
my PlayStation 3 sounds like a North Korean shuttle rocket when you turn the fucker oh. on. So, you know. Okay. So I went and got it for PS4, and it's like, why not? And I ended up picking up the sequel. It's like that with me and Final Fantasy X and Ten Two. I have them both for PS2. Went out and got mm-hmm. the, collect- the HD collector's editions for PlayStation 3. And I think I have it for PlayStation 4 sitting on my shelf there. It- but if I don't, it'll probably be in my um, Amazon cart for September. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, and I'm I've been told that I need to get into the Pokemon MMO. I think that's supposed to be coming out in uh, September Look, for the Switch. Get, so, wait, you have a Switch? I do not. Oh. So it is going to be an autumnal purchase of sorts. Um, but yeah, I'll probably be saving up for that. Well, make sure you get an extra dock. That way, you can have one upstairs and 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 one. In your oh yeah, for charging. Yeah, no, definitely. No, no, I'm gonna no. have to figure out. Not even all that stuff. No, not even for charging. You have a dock oh. upstairs to play on the big screen. Then you have a oh. dock downstairs so you can stream with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have to figure all that stuff out. I've never streamed from a console or a um or a um uh, a, a handheld before, so it's gonna be a little bit of a learning curve. Yeah. Um, I do have a capture card, so yeah. that's not gonna be the issue. It's just gonna be a matter of the um setting up the docks and everything. Well, the best thing to do, I would say for now, if you have something to put in for capture play around with those mm-hmm. settings and experiment with that yeah 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 i've been playing around with them for a little while because i have my ipad that i want to uh do some art with so it's gonna be a whole it's there's there's a lot i've been working mm-hmm. on in the back end the, the the community the berry bunches know the berry mm-hmm. bunches are very much aware of all the stuff that i've been doing and how crazy it has been all right all but right. uh okay okay yeah. all right I, i'm I'm just saying this in a joking way. I have a problem. I, know, I have I know. a problem with you call- calling your squad the Berry Bunch now. Cause oh I- no, that's that's, every- that's a yeah. Because every ahead. every time you say it, I keep thinking of the Brady Bunch. Stop oh. it! Stop it! <laughs> no, no. Okay, so like obviously you know with I, I, the I other, know. Yeah, yeah. I have two channels. So like with Strawberry Paper Doll, they're the Berry Bunches because I'm basically a jam seller. But with Berry Melon, it is the uh, the Belfry. So they are my little nightmares. Um, but we're we're not quite worse. that big yet. So my little nightmares are growing and the, the creeping shadows will come. Oh, but uh, I figured Mako might like that. Joke. <laughs> See, but uh, yeah. You got me thinking of that song and I forget the name of it. The lyrics go to Bats in the Belfry and the Silver Spoon. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. With Cat Stevens? God damn it, Berry. <laughs> I know, right? I'm getting all those nostalgic little little tidbits in your brain hole. So enjoy that. Yeah, well, at least you're not on the Gen X 1965 to 1980s Facebook page, and I'm just going. Oh God, fuck. I haven't been on Facebook in like oh God. Okay, I've been on Facebook for business stuff, but like not for anything. Well, look, I'm still in lockdown for another 13 days. So I just oh been... gosh, you got banned again. Oh my gosh. Yeah, Rana. over something that I said six weeks ago. I'm just like, are oh you my God, serious now. Mm-hmm. I just barely been on, but I'll get into something about that about that in my during my anyway. Weekend. Yeah. So yeah. basically, I I stayed. I've been home this weekend, and and my goal was not to go out at all. And I'm slowly getting all of my my cosplay photo shoots up. So I think I have a couple more 2021 shoots to put up. Then I have three shoots from 2018 that I really liked that are going up, and I have two from this year that. That's going up, so you know. And as Kagomi fourteen eight says, I'm a repeat offender. Well, no shit. <laughs> but um, interesting thing. So, long story short, uh, 
they came to fix my toilet and it still it still runs. So the landlord pays the bill and he's upset about the fact that the water bill is like around a thousand dollars every three months. So me and upstairs neighbors are like, you know, when he continues to keep paying and realizing he has to fit, replace the toilet, so be it. So I get a, I get a call from up from my upstairs neighbors telling me they need to come into my apartment to do my bathroom over. I'm just like, oh, but the problem is. I'm not home. It used to be where the door over there has a lock and you can unlock it from the other side. But the frame of the door is basically a frame where the lock is, there's no support. And the only support that keeps it going is spit and duct tape. So I have a hook and eye up there because when upstairs kids thought it was fun to come downstairs and put and swing and pull my door open. I swear if that kid was related to me, I would have whooped it. Anywho. So I'm like, why did you tell me this was going to happen? I would have stayed home and let them do it and then go to work. But I'm like, you know, if you got to pop the, the, the whole, the keyhole, whatever, do it. So somehow they were able to pop it off and it, it stayed. It was fine, you know, whatever. So I come in, I have a brand new throne. Bathroom sink is the same with the new faucet, but so, you know. And then... Upstairs neighbor, he asks he asks me if I could take the old toilet out and sit it on the front. Like it's already outside, but put it on in the front for garbage. Now, for some of y'all in New York City, the way it goes, the garbage trucks comes around twice a week and recycling comes around once a week. And for them to know you have garbage, you have to put it at the curb or at the edge of the sidewalk. That way they know. For your recycling, it has to be in clear bags or blue bags, or else they think it's trash. And if they find out that it was that they threw your recycling in the trash, you get fined for that. So you know. So upstairs neighbor's wife starts uh, texts me and, at, and tells me, "Don't forget to put that stuff out." And I'm just like, "What?" My here's my thing: if you ask me to do something, sure. He was going to get me the large plastic bags to put everything in and take care of it. When you tell me to do something like that, I'm not going to pay any attention to you. And if you have a problem with that, you need to talk to somebody else and let them deal with it. That's the way, that's the way I roll for the most part. So that's it. I, I haven't um, christened the new throne yet, but it'll eventually happen. Um, what, else is <laughs> yeah. what else is going on? There was something else. That was going on, I wanted to mention, but I, I totally forgot, so I'll get into that later. So, that's how our week and day has been, so we're going to get into some housekeeping notes. Um, if it'll actually advance, come on, actually, I'll just push, I'll just tap right there. Eventually, I will be... My Surface 3 that that handles the side articles, that will soon be retired in a few months. I'll actually have not a Steam, not not, not, a, not a Steam Deck, but I'm going to have, uh, Aver Media has like this nice device that's a mixer and Steam Deck all rolled into one with volume control. That will be my next purchase. If I can just hit like 200 bucks in Amazon rewards, which I should have by September, October, I should be good. Now, before we get into our usual housekeeping, I just want to say something real quick. Um, on behalf of Anime Jam Sessions, staffers, and, and etc., our 
deepest condolences goes out to Bobby Blackwolf and his family. Um, Saturday, he, he lost his mother. So eventually, as the song goes, and the band played on. So he did his show. Oh, well, I did, our, did this show. We're going to do our show. And I just want to basically say our deepest condolences. We're here if you need us. And believe you me, I understand exactly what you're going through. Now, as we continue on, we're going to let you know that older episodes of Anime Jam Session are available on YouTube. So if you can't, can't get the episode on Twitch, you can head over to youtube.com slash Anime Jam Session. Playlists, podcast VODs, over, there's, over, there's at least about 100 episodes available up there for you to check out. And while you're there, you can always check out our convention video coverage as well. So we really appreciate that. Also, uh, we have our list of upcoming conventions, which, again, the list has changed. And basically, these are, are our final four conventions of the year, even though I think I have only done, I think we've only done, like, two. And to be perfectly honest, we're okay with that, because honestly... I have a little bit of a surprise, too. I actually ended up attending Otakon. <laughs> I'm going to get into that in just a bit. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's okay. Continue, continue. So, our conventions that we will be doing this year, unless something changes for various reasons, are RetroCon, September 24th to the 25th in Oaks, Pennsylvania. Another anime con, October 16th to the 18th, Westford, Massachusetts. DerpyCon, October 20th to the 30th, South Brunswick, New Jersey. I think it's South Brunswick. It's one of the Brunswicks. I don't remember. And East. All right, thank you. East Brunswick. Because last time, you know, there was a convention near Brunswick that was Shoujo Con, and yeah. But, uh, and, you know, and our last convention of the year, pending, Anime NYC, November 18th to the 20th, in New York City. And if I am able to get hotel spacing, I will be attending Hall Mat December 16th to the 18th, and um, I believe it's Orlando, Florida, so this will be my first time going to Florida, so I'm kind of cool with that, so. And as Bonds 6 says, New York Sanitation do not play. Yeah. NYC Sanitation has their own police force and they will ticket you, so, you know. Uh, let's see. What else do we have here? Um, now that we got that out the way, we are going to get into our Geek Roundtable. This is where we talk more about the geekier aspects of our life and we kind of want to share some cool stuff. So, Marco Charles is going to tell you about passing the duchy to the left-hand side. Yeah, so while I was um, at Music Fest this weekend, um, I went to go see Willie Nelson on Saturday night. And let me tell you, for an 89-year-old man, he can still sing. Um, he did miss a couple of chords on the guitar, uh, but again, 89 years old, the fact that he can even still play his guitar at 89 years old is amazing. So, uh, yeah, um, so this is the one thing that I grabbed from the concert. I had to have a Willie Nelson bandana. <laughs> and let me tell you that I subconsciously put together an outfit for Saturday that was very stoner friendly. <laughs> so I had my shorts and the shirt that I chose was Lucy from Disenchanted. 
um, just saying, do it, holding a cigarette. Mm -hmm. So on top of that, the socks that I chose were bright yellow with pot leaves on it. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, I decided because it was going to be really hot, I put my hair in low pigtails and then put a bandana on and looked at myself and went, well, fuck. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, not, not bad. Uh, he, as I said, he can still sing those songs. He actually has uh, one of his sons doing some writing for him. So he does actually have new crap that is coming out um, this year <laughs> at 89 years old. Um, so yeah, he's, he's still going. He walked out on stage on crutches with somebody holding the guitar behind him, sat down in his chair, didn't get back up, and completely killed it. And probably after he killed it, he was probably like, Phil Collins, eat your heart out. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I will say that there was, um, definitely a certain odor lingering in, in, in the air, um, <laughs> which, which given, you know, his song and given the fact that he has his own brand of weed, um, and his own company and actually sells, uh, merch with the brand name on it during his, you know, at his concerts and everything. Um, you can understand why. Um, and one, one of the songs that his son wrote for him, um, was has a line that says, um, if I die while I'm high, I'm halfway to heaven. I just have a long way to fall. Oh. Yeah, so, um, I mean, it's basically him saying that he's so high that he's already bypassed heaven. And when he dies, you know, he has to actually come down a little bit. <laughs> So yeah, I mean, it, it was very you know a lot of his a lot of his music was you know typical southern country music, but then you get you know a crap ton of it that is very uh, very, very weed friendly. So it was a very weed friendly crowd. Well, I, 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 let me just say this: if Willie Nelson is going to be that high. Keith Richards has to die first. That's the only way that is going to happen. And you know I'm right. <laughs> I I think that no, no, I'm not I'm not gonna no, I'm not gonna go there. Too late. I'm not gonna go there. Too late. I, I think if Keith Richards died and we cremated him. We could stone the world thrice over. <laughs> now I'm suddenly reminded of that Coca-Cola commercial. If I had a Coca-Cola, I'd give you know the whole world a Coca-Cola. <laughs> mm -hmm. In this case, a Coca-Cola yeah. would be a Toca-Cola, but um Yeah. So anyway, that that was you know, that was my full weekend and that is my, you know little thing and I do have um, my last tarot set that I will show off next week so um, my last new tarot set that I got you'll get to see that but yeah for now it's Willie 
Cedar Beery goes, I'd love to teach the world to sing in perfect harmony. In this case, smoke in perfect harmony. <laughs> That's one way of doing it. <laughs> hey Barry, what do you have for us for a geek round table? Um, I, uh, I guess I did end up attending Otakon, uh, which was a complete and utter surprise. Um, I had a bunch of friends who like came into town because they were going to be staffing it. So Mm -hmm. obviously I went to go and see them and in the process ended up, uh, attending by eh, semi-accident, um, it was unexpected, uh, but we were in the area, and thankfully, uh, it seemed like it wasn't, like, su- it was busier, like, okay, so they they use the whole convention center, really, mm-hmm. so they have a lot of space to spread out, and um, so what ended up happening was, basically, we got in there, and I had to stop by to, to drop off something for a friend, because I made up a bunch of snackies, and I like to drop them off with my friends if I can, mm-hmm. so I was dropping them off, and I noticed that there weren't a ton of people like crowding in areas. Like a lot of people, if you've been watching like a lot of convention scenes and stuff recently, uh, a lot of conventions are like butt to gut only breathing space, you know, and even not even that. And so I was worried. That was the biggest reason I didn't want to attend was because I was worried that it was going to be a situation where I was going to see a lot of people that were maskless. I was going to see a lot of people that hadn't like taken testing or gotten, you know, vaccinated so that they're safe around everybody else. Uh, I hadn't seen like uh, I I didn't see a lot of like red flags, you know, that like some conventions still have problems with. But, uh, you know, so and I was wearing a mask the full time and I didn't get sick. So I consider myself very fortunate. Um, but basically, yeah, it was a great time. Uh, we went for conveyor belt sushi, which I have not done since I was in Japan in like 2019. So that was super great. Uh, it was super awesome. And, uh, then we went into the convention and I just got to bop around for like the rest of Saturday, which was awesome. That's cool. Uh, so I ran into the maid cafe that I helped start and that was super fun because everybody there was so joyful and they've done it more idle style now. So there's not like food being served, which is like a big thing that I've wanted to get rid of forever. But now they're doing idle style and they have trading cards and it's, oh, it's, it's a wholesome. It's great. You know, they did like a murder mystery. It was awesome. Uh, I was so proud of them and everybody was crying and I was crying. It was, it was a glorious time. You know, I can picture you walk in, everyone turns and shouts, Mama Berry, and they all just run. No, right literally, out. they were like, Mama Mato, Mama Mato. And I was like, Oh my God, why? Don't They're notice your me. children, Please. okay? Instead of mom. I know, yeah, no, that's it. It warmed my heart. I was crying like the whole time. It was so bad. It was like ugly crying. But like, it was really nice. It was really nice to see that they've been doing a good job. And like, I even get a trading card too that's like all about the history of the cafe. They want to make one for my maid Sona or whatever, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, since I'm not a part of the cafe, but uh, you know, it, it, maybe it'll work out. Um, yeah. In general, it, it was just a really good time. Uh, I basically, yeah, we went in, we looked around, we saw some cosplayers and yeah, it's, it's just a good time. It, I, I've been doing maid cafes for, oh God, it, it was over 10 years, mm. uh, maybe over 12 at the time that I was doing theirs. And, uh, yeah, it's been a little while. Uh, but yeah, if you guys ever have questions about that kind of stuff, I, I'm part of that industry. Um, yeah, it was super fun. So that was basically my, my geeky thing that I did that I was not anticipating of doing. So, uh, there you go. Now, two (laughs) things interesting this time. Now, two things before I get into my, uh, geek round table. Number Mm -hmm. one, instead of Ma Beagle and the Beagle Boys, it's Ma Berry and the Maid Girls. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, we do have butlers too. We do have butlers. Well, as you well. know, yeah, yeah. And number two, the only way I can see you skulking around Otakon like that is, oh you, my god, you have to be wearing a, a a Lolita cord that's all camouflage with a uh, with a blue with band, like a giant with a blue bandana across your head. Mako knows where I'm going with this, so you know, like a Rambo Lita. No. Um, Lolita snake <laughs> with like a box. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, no, I'm gonna have to do that next time. See, but it's I, the, I, I, but just, no, 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 I no, no, dressed no. up a little bit. Here's the thing: Ma Berry and the Cafe Children. There you go. That <laughs> works. Good. Be, thank you. And yeah, it's, I, it's, I mean, if nothing else, yeah. Um, the, I, I maybe Ma Berry and the Idol Chads. No, I'm kidding. Oh god, that's a that's a server I've been playing. Uh, Don't starve on. But but, um, uh, but here's the thing: instead of you hiding in a box, it's a giant tea uh-huh. kettle. It's a giant kettle. Giant oh, tea kettle. It's like witchy. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. I got you. I see. I see where you. I see. I'm picking up what you're putting down. I got you. All right. So, for my geek roundtable, I, I think I'm finding myself back in anime hell. Not in the, at the bad thing, but it's like because of my anime list and my uh, short attention span, I am now following like eight different series to watch now. So I'm doing that and. I'm starting to get more notifications from Otaku Mode about the figures that I purchased. And one of the figures that I saw at Otakon that I had pre- no, at ZenkaiCon that I had pre-ordered a long time ago finally showed up uh, last week. One of my favorite girls, uh, Rei Ayanami. This, this is the one of her in the yellow summer, summer dress. So. That will go back up on the shelf. And what's interesting is that there is actually two versions of this figurine. One came out years ago where she's wearing red shoes. And in this one, she's wearing blue shoes. So, And then I found out that there is a couple of figurines of her wearing a, a Chinese dress. One's red, one's gold. And I've seen reasonable prices on them, so I might just have to order one. Well, we will see. And so forth. Now, enough in, enough about that. Um, the next thing we're going to do is give you a quick rundown of Otakon. Again, we didn't go, but one of our staffers, Rose, she went. She was staffed for the for the con, so she has some interesting um, thoughts in re- in regards to that. And I would like to um, share them with you. And I'm, let's see if I can... Well, and it's not a lot, so I don't have to summarize. So, and this is what she says. I've been attending Otakon since 2009, minus the three summers I was in Japan, and this year was both stressful and easier than most Otakons. With cons happening again, with COVID being a thing still, it always gives me a bit of anxiety. You know, large crowds plus people who only shower sometimes, and people who wear the same costume all weekend. Kind of gross. So there is some anxiety in the back of my mind, no matter what. Well, Otakon has a lot of people, and we broke records. We broke the most attendees attending out cons, as most attendees for any conventions held at that con center. Over 40,000 people. Oh, that's a lot. Normally, that would be a wow, that's so awesome moment. But now it was like, wow, glad I was staffed and gotten to be in areas that were not as crowded. Anyway, overall, the con was awesome. I got most of my things that I brought signed and was fortunate enough to avoid the the, the, the um, 
a Maria Issei autograph clump. Last year's clump gave me so much anxiety that I that I just watched the clump this year brought back bad flashbacks. I cannot thank my green room staffer friend enough for really hooking me up and saving me a lot of crying, pushing, and uncomfortable touching. She also helped with the Steve and Bo autographs. I will post that this year that since a lot of friends do read this post, we are actually looking for more staffers, gophers for next year since we hit these record numbers. We really didn't have enough people to really do what we wanted to this year. I really do suggest joining Otakon team and consider it. Some awesome perks are no waits in line to get into the con, possible badge reimbursement, even a free hotel, plus free food, skipping dealer, skipping lines, access to staff only areas, and of course the opportunity to make awesome friends, so please sign up. Some really big highlights were, of course, with Maria Issei sharing a photo of me on her Instagram story, meeting the director and singing voice of Tuesday, dressed as Tuesday, the wonderful Studio Trigger guest. Uh, they asked about anime next, and I said hopefully next year, confusing the people at Poke Papa again, yep, second year in a row, and seeing the Otis staffer first thing in the morning as Merrill and asking him if I planned on getting the guns prop checked. I said no, and he just laughed, and finally, seeing all my friends again. I cannot wait until next year already. I am going to be staffing again in the same department, and I am going to be prepared to freak out their guest line at Night of Japan is open, and they can bring Japanese and Korean guests. I am not looking forward to work tomorrow, but I need to get back and make money. I will be back to mass commission work this week, so feel free to message me to order for those with yada, 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 and so forth. Thank you again for an awesome weekend. I hope everyone stays safe. Hope to see you at other cons, which works for me. Um, my thing is with the lines... I understand the whole six feet rule. I think we're at a point where we're wearing masks. Two to three feet is fine. Just don't be up my ass. Yeah. I said, I said, F it. I, I booked the room for Otakon next year, so I am going to go. I think I will do a couple more Otakons where I'm like, you know, I am more or less done. Again, I kind of wish I had gone last year because evidently it was so quiet with so many people. I'm like, I can get used to this. So, but... Thankfully, I'm one of those con goers that do not need the, like the next day off. I can go home, rest, relax, and get up for work the next day and go about my day. So, I'm one of the lucky ones. Now, going from great news to WTF news. <sighs> Yeah, I, I, I'm going to kind of need some music here. Okay, so this is not the first time that we have discussed uh, PoochieCon on this show. There is an article that we have on our website that talks about an issue with them basically clowning a cosplayer and then doubling down on it. And actual people who had the audacity to sit there and defend it. That's... So, there's that. And then last year, we talked about how they just blindly, not blindly, but they basically just paid no mind to the COVID scare that happened at their convention. They threw that in at the bottom of an email that they sent out uh, congratulating the winners of their raffle. And they didn't tell staffers. Well, we have another issue with PoochieCon. To be fair, I was not really expecting anything out of this convention. I just told people, if you want to go, you can go, but I have my issues. We're not going to have my reasons, and here are here they are. 
Now, one of the toughest things you can do as a cosplayer is get judged. You've worked hard on your cosplay, and you go in for craftsmanship judging, and you're nervous. They're going to ask you a variety of questions, and you're not sure how you're going to properly answer them. But you also have to remember, at one time, those co those convention ju those judges were in your spot. They were there at one time. Some of them are still there. They judge and they still compete. Th this happens. So now they're going to ask you various questions, and one know you know this and know that, and they and they try. But one thing that, as a judge, now I have I've done craftsmanship judging once. I understand how deep it is, and I don't and I don't want to do it again. I've done performance judging, and there's been issue in, and I understand the deepness behind that too. I don't know if I would want to do that again. So, to summarize, what had happened was there was a cosplayer at this convention who did Princess Peach. They basically said that she didn't make the cosplay. They were pulling and tugging at her cosplay. They were calling her fake. Evidently, one of the judges had a relative in the masquerade that won the contest. So that's basically what it is. And from all of this, evidently the judges must have told other people now because this cosplayer is now getting hate mail. Nobody likes getting hate mail. It sucks. It's uncalled for. Now, a similar story like this was told to me about DerpyCon a couple of years back. One of their cosplay guests was also a craftsmanship judge and helped them help the, the, the performers go on stage. You know, one thing if you don't know about performance judging is you do a rehearsal. That's basically where you stand on the stage where you know to come in and come out and you have a chance to do a dry run or two of your skit to make sure you have your pacing and your steps down and everything. Now, this guest basically was berating them on their performance and how they were doing it, which I think is uncalled for. That's not your place, especially if it's a rehearsal. But let's get back to the matter at hand here. I, and honestly, I'm disgusted, but I'm not surprised because something like this happens with this convention every year. It's like, if it's not one thing, it's something else, you know? So, earlier, I, I, I spoke to Barry about this, and Barry has more experience as a judge when it comes to craftsmanship uh performance craftsmanship and performance judging and, and and i would and i just want your thoughts on this like how would you handle this if you were one of the judges or what how do you feel like basically how they screw up if you could kind of like summarize that real quick okay uh, as in uh, as as objective a yeah. perspective I can be coming mm -hmm. from a place of logic with mm -hmm. the facts that we have in hand, mm -hmm. 
the way that it seemed like it was handled Mm -hmm. was poor. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, this convention itself has exhibited quite poor quality in many standards of ways, so we can see that that is reflected in the way they also run their contests. Unfortunately, what that tends to mean is there is also an issue when it comes to uh, execution of things like judging policies, mm-hmm. rubrics, uh, handling of consent when touching costumes, mm-hmm. handling of attendees and professionalism. But that is definitely a top-down issue. So that in in that instance, to me, that reflects really poorly on the convention itself because they don't enforce anything. Therefore, you know, that kind of situation occurred. It's very unfortunate that the attendee had that experience and that there was damage to the, uh, you know, aforementioned costume. Mm -hmm. Uh, That shouldn't have been an issue at all. However, 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 caveat, there are some situations where even with a year's worth of work, a beginner cosplayer has done things in a costume that are more delicate than other costumers. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that their heirloom quality, and I'm not, I don't know what this costume looks like. I have no information about it. I don't know how it was made, what materials it was made of. It could have been made from gossamer silk out of a spider's butt. I do not know. So we can't tell from the damage what was done, but it seems like this person was very heavily sympathetically attached to whatever they made, which is very, very understandable. Mm -hmm. When people first start building costumes, you get very attached to them. And it means that it's your art. It's your baby. And so when somebody messes it up, you feel real bad. And that sucks. Um, So in this case, I think it was just an execution error. But it was also an error of how they communicated with the attendee. And now, apparently, a whole issue where there's no accountability. As well as it seems through what information we have again. Because this is all conditional, by the way that there was some shenanigans with it being a fixed contest. Now, we don't know if that is the full case, Mm -hmm. but that is what was alluded to. Um, I imagine, unfortunately, though, that even if the person was related, it's a situation where if the person was chosen as a judge to guest at that event and help judge their competition, there is no way without stating in their specific explicit rules of their contest that no family members may Mm -hmm. participate within the competition to fully kind of sketch out that no one from a family of a judge. It is a conflict of interest, Theo. It definitely is a conflict of interest. But the problem is, if the convention itself doesn't enforce its own policies, then you're kind of screwed if you do, screwed if you don't. Because then if you start to enforce them, people go, oh, well, you know, now they're saying because my 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 sister is judging me or my brother is judging me or my sibling is judging me that I'm not going to be able to go on stage. And it definitely is a conflict of interest. But at the same time, if the convention doesn't have rules against it, there's it, it's the same kind of thing where it's like, if the convention doesn't have rules against sandbagging, there are going to be people that abuse it and there are going to be people that just use the rules to their own devices, you know? And it could be malicious. It could not be intendedly malicious. It just depends on the people involved and the conditional situations that we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. So my view is basically that they fucked up and that they need to get good, bro, because the performance overall was just bad and I don't think that it's worth attending. Thank you. And, and I appreciate those words, Barry, because that's mm-hmm. what I was looking for. Now, my understanding is that this cosplayer in question, I let me let me grab her name real quick. Her name is Lauren Alenia, and you can find her on Instagram. 
as it, it seems like her cousin passed away before the convention and she dedicated the cosplay to him. So, and I can, and there is, you know, your emotional. Yeah. Attachment. See, that's the not, thing is that when you're not, emotionally charged and you, then you deal yeah. with like all the issues mm-hmm. on top of that and the whole, yeah, that definitely right occurring right before or right during. And then, yeah, it, it, that is a lot. That is so heavy. But, and I also know cosplayers who have spent enormous amounts of like money and time get on a particular cosplay. So they are emotionally attached to it. And I know cosplayers who get upset when they realize they have to sell it for whatever reason, which I totally get now. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you this, I've done more than my fair share of competitions. At least half of the cons I've competed at, I've known the judges. Now, for the most part, they have judged me firmly and fairly, which I respect. To be perfectly honest, I'd rather be judged by somebody that I know as opposed to somebody that I don't know because the ones that know me know my skill set and what I'm capable of doing on the stage. But I do, and but I can say there have been instances where some cosplay judges for craftsmanship will excuse themselves from judging, and that's generally because whoever's coming in, they may know on a personal level, or they have been following this cosplayer's journey on whatever the cosplay that they're doing, and they know it inside out, so they will step out and be like, it'll be totally unfair, which I totally get and I understand. Now, as for the ju- one of the judges and the winner, the judge should have excused themselves from that. If you know, but again, this convention there's always something with this con, which is why I am glad I did not go, and I am glad that people I know who have asked me and I've sent them the links to what's go to to stories in regards to this con. But you know, it's happened. Blase, blase. There are better conventions to spend your money at. But as with other conventions that are problematic, they will always be around because it's a con. Any reason to go to a convention. I've said this to a friend of mine. Let's say someone got, let's say someone got shot at Otakon in the dealer's hall. Shot, dead, killed, whatever. All of that happened. I guarantee you the following year, Otakon will still hit their numbers because it's a con. Any reason to dress up and go, regardless of the issues behind the convention. And for some people, maybe Otakon's the only convention they can get to. That's what it is. And now that I got that out of my way, out of my system, we're going to get into tonight's stories. And as you can tell, we're running a little bit late. And I do apologize for that. So, Mako-chan, tell us about... um. The Sony Empire. Yeah, so uh, it looks like Crunchyroll has uh, acquired a few more big names. The first one is uh, the Anime Superstore Right Stuff. Which has been around for about 20 freaking years. 35. Oh, that's right. Yeah, 35. Wow. So this is being done to expand Crunchyroll's e-commerce offerings um, the acquisition aims to serve anime fans and collectors, and even a uh, an even wider range of merchandise for online purchasing, including manga, home video, figures, games, music, and everything in between. 
Um, so basically, uh, the CEO of Right Stuff says, for 35 years, Right Stuff's mission has been to connect anime fans with the products they love. Joining forces with Crunchyroll allows us to accelerate and scale this effort more than ever before. There's never been a more exciting time to be an anime fan than today. Now, on to the other side of things. Um, it looks like uh, they've... You know, there have been some questions asked. Well, you know, what happens? Because Right Stuff also, you know, has Nozomi Entertainment. Mm -hmm. So Crunchyroll has responded that there is no news about Nozomi Entertainment at this time. They have to evaluate all of the rights. However, um, it was announced by... Uh, the Right Stuff website, that it was confirmed um, that, uh, or no, the, uh, the, yes, so Right Stuff and Nozomi Entertainment's Kickstarter crowdfunder campaign for Dirty Pair. Mm -hmm. uh, it was announced through them that Nozomi Entertainment was going to be part of the Right Stuff acquisition. Um, this was also shared under the announcement on their Twitter. Uh, right Stuff also confirms that while they are going to continue to sell the products from different companies, um, they will no longer be selling erotica product. Um, the company is completely facing, phasing out the erotica genre um, from movies to games. Um, following the unification. So that means that all existing Right Stuff orders will be honored. Um, the website will be keeping its address, but all of the 18 plus erotica will be transferred to Arrow Anime Store. Um, it does not announce, however, what's going on with Right Stuff's Critical Mass, which is their adult label. Um, so, Right Stuff also teased that there may be future products, features, and benefits related to Crunchyroll in the future. And Crunchyroll, uh, Right Stuff and Crunchyroll stores will continue to operate separately for the moment. So, we are still getting everything for the Dirty Pair Kickstarter. Um, they are handling that over at Nozomi, um, so it is not affecting that. Um, Obviously, right now, we're being told by uh, Crunchyroll that there's no confirmation for Nozomi. However, the Kickstarter dub does, um, that uh, Kickstarter does confirm that Nozomi Entertainment is being purchased by the extension. So, who to actually listen to on that one, I'm guessing Crunchyroll just didn't want to say anything on that um so it, it's still developing and all of that but yeah we're, we're looking at a very large uh, conglomerate of anime and everything that will be going with it uh, with all of the acquisitions being taken over by uh you know crunchyroll and sony the sony empire now two things number one People are complaining that Sony is putting a monopoly on anime. Mm, not really, no. Because even though you got Crunchyroll and Funimation, 
You also have High Dive. You also have Hulu. You also have Peacock with their connection to Retro Crush. And you also have Netflix. There's always there's a piece of the pie for everybody. And what's going to happen is titles are going to be multi-licensed. I don't see exclusivity is really happening anymore. Like, I'm sorry, I like I realize there are titles that are on high dive that are on on Crunchyroll. But I end up watching them on Crunchyroll because the subtitles are easier to read. So the people at High Dive need that that, <clears throat> that um AMC money. Y'all need to like change the font, add a little more shadowing, more bold, make it nicer. Number two. Right stuff is still going to sell adult stuff per se. As Mako-chan mentioned, it's all being offloaded to another site. So they're going to handle that. I have a feeling that the Critical Mass stuff is going to be pushed under Edo Anime Store as well. Now, when I heard this, I was suddenly reminded of issues with content creators that I know that do adult material and the credit card companies that want nothing to do with it. And also in the same vein of marijuana farm places that, you know, uh, dispensaries, that's where I'm looking for, dispensaries. A lot of banks and credit card companies don't want to be associated with dispensaries. So a lot of those places have to do deposits in cash because it's harder to trace. Now, I want to quote something by Justin Sivakis. He is he's an anime elder. He's been in the fandom and deeper into it more than I have. He tweets about this. You can find this at twitter.com slash worldcrap. I'll even link you all in the chat room where you can read all of this. But the first tweet that he says makes the most amount of sense. People speculating why Right Stuff is removing all their hentai before selling the Crunchyroll have to understand. No multinational company wants to be seen directly participating in the porn market ever. Toxic to shareholders, governments, and even credit card processors. That's it. Yes, you may have watched dubbed hentai, but most of those uh, dubbed uh, voice act, most of those voice actors go by different names for that for a reason like that. Same thing in Japan. A lot of those seiyus go by different names to voice those characters. So, y'all need to calm down and chill because nobody's taking your hentai away. Nobody's taking your arrow stuff away. And no one's taking your anime away. You can still get all of this one way or another. And now that I got that out the way, we're going to talk about Idolmaster. And I did not realize they had more than one game. I may have to actually sit down and kind of start watching some of this. So let's get, let's get into uh, the story in regards to this. So the first game, uh, Idolmaster uh, Cinderella Girls, is being shut down uh, March of next year. And this was on the official website for the game by, by Bandai Namco Entertainment. The service will end on March 30th of next year. The game has been in service for more than a decade since 2011. Wow. The game franchise began as a mobile, a mobile 
Bloodbone social game spinoff of the Idol Master game. Unlike the first Idol Master games, which focuses on a group of 13 idols and a minor idol agency, the Idol Master Cinderella Girls introduce a story of a larger set of entirely new characters at, and an idol agency in a large, well-funded multimedia conglomerate. The later game later spawned multiple mangas and its own television anime. The franchise also has the game, The Idol Master Cinderella Girls Starlight Stage. It's a rhythm game which is available for iOS and Android since 2015. The, the manga, uh, Idol Master Cinderella Girls U149, is inspiring for an upcoming uh, anime series. That's interesting. Now, if you have jailbroken your iPhone or rooted your Android device, there are third-party markets out there where you can download the installer, sideload it, and play the game. Go ahead, do it, and have fun. And to be perfectly honest, I wonder if any of the games are available on the U.S. Um, mobile markets. I mean, the Love Live games are there, so hopefully the Idol Master games are there, too. I'll check them out. So, we'll see how it goes. Now, Barry, tell us about Studio Gonzo and their anniversary plans. This sounds pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, 30 years, man. It has passed by. For anybody who's just uh, remember Studio Gonzo, they're an anime studio that uh, were popularized kind of by Afro Samurai and Gonkutu. So, Gunkuso, the Count of Monica. Monte Cristo, is what I know it as, and and basically, uh, it's it's offering gifts, a crowdfunding campaign, and a ton of other stuff for their 30th anniversary. It looks like it's going to be a fun-filled time. So, the anime studio known as Gonzo, it's been going through a lot of changes over the years, but its first iteration, Gonzo Inc., came back in 1992, which seems like a lifetime ago, and it really is. It's founded by the former members of Gynax, for anybody who remembers that that mm. company, and it makes 2022 its 30th anniversary, and the studio started announcing its celebratory plans. An anniversary website has launched, along with a special Twitter account to keep fans up to date on the celebratory goings-on for now, and the site is playing, planning, I think, to host a Twitter campaign where lucky followers of the new account will become proud owners of art from some of the studio's many series. Mm. At present... Art from Strike Witches and Aokana for Rhythm Across the Blue is up for grabs, and other series are rotating weekly. Uh, you can also scope out a fun character art from guest artists like Afro Samurai director Fuminori Kenzaki and Strike Witches character designer Fumikane Shimada. Uh, starting on the 26th of this month, August, Gonzo will be uh, running a crowdfunding campaign to bring in more of its big anniversary plans to fruition. Their aim is to hold online celebrations, including exhibition and talk events. Funders will be able to pick gorgeous reproduction art from 14 Studios' hit shows, including Afro Samurai, Kalito Star, and Last Exile. So if you're really into any of those, you're going to want to get your hands on this. If the fundraiser reaches 10 million yen, the online exhibition will go live and free for anyone interested, regardless of support, but with priority access given to donors. The 30th anniversary will take place in this next month, August, so be sure to keep an eye out for all their activities, okay? Sounds like a plan. Mm-hmm. All right, let's see what do we have next here on the G Rundown. Um, Marco, what's up with the what's up with Tight Moon creators? And I think these are the people that did, that kind of brought us Fate Stay Night. I think. Uh, yes, yes, they are. So, um, 
Yeah, so the creators decided that they were uh, going to have their own doshinshi making group called Bamboo Broom. They planned to have a table at Comicat and sell three books compromising of miscellaneous art and production material. The first two, uh, which is, uh, I'm not even going to attempt the Japanese, so Tight Moon Manuscripts, and the second one, which is Avalon Le Fay Synopsis, are sold online. Um, however, uh, the group's Twitter account announced last Wednesday that the third book, Kaleido Works, would be distributed only at the convention. And that led to an online, they say firestorm, but it was a shitstorm. Mm. The reason for this sudden backlash is that Japan is currently in the middle of its biggest COVID-19 outbreak yet. Mm. And given that Kamaket is infamous for its crowds, fans are less likely to risk going to the event. So, of course, many fans that would normally be able to go and pick up the books aren't able to purchase one. After the announcement, many people called for the third book to be sold online as well, even if at a greater price, because people could literally die going to pick it up in person. Meanwhile, others felt that it was highly irresponsible for a convention-only book to be sold at all due to the fear that some diehard Tight Moon fans would line up for the book even if they had tested positive. Luckily, as a result of the backlash, Bamboo Broom announced two days later that an edited version of the Kaleido Works will be released online as a PDF for a limited time sometime after Comic-Cat. Uh, yeah, so uh, Comic-Cat is still being held as of right now. Uh, mm-hmm. Japan was very, very bad with keeping a handle on all of the COVID stuff. And they have not gotten better. Yeah. Um, and this, and this is coming. This is coming from a country that regularly wears masks when they're sick. I have friends um, in Japan. You think uh, the U.S. Um, fumbled the, bo- the fo- fumbled the ball? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, um, ju- just to put it in perspective, uh, last Friday. Japan reported 253,392 new COVID cases. That was Friday. Um, So, yeah, they have not been taking care of what they should be taking care of. And they are doing some really stupid stuff that has nothing to do with keeping COVID out of anything. Um, don't think we talked about it. Don't think I have that in there. Uh, no. Um, so going on to that, there was a uh, game at a stadium that the fans were, uh, the, the team itself was fined like something like $10,000 because the fans we're not keeping to COVID regulations and part of Japan's COVID regulations is to basically not make any noise whatsoever when in the crowd of a game or an event or something like that. Um, And, you know, you're going to a sporting event, the crowds were clapping, the crowds were cheering. 
and the team itself got fined $10,000 because of that. Whoops. Yeah, and, you know, that is not what should be done to help with maintaining low numbers from COVID. Uh, it, It just, it boggles my mind that with their numbers going up that they're just like, Oh yeah, we're still going to have all of these conventions. Um, so I just, I just want you guys to look at what happened here and how everything was canceled. And while it took a year and a half to get all of those numbers down, everything's back. And yes, there are safety precautions, but what they did somewhat worked because the numbers at least aren't extravagant like that. Whereas Japan never really shut down. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they canceled a couple events here and there, but they never really shut down and their numbers show it. So, yeah, I can completely understand why something like this that is an event exclusive, you know, type of material would get a lot of people upset because, you know, nobody really wants to risk it. it, it it's it's crazy it's absolutely crazy that this is still going on over there i i'm just i'm just hoping when i when i go to japan next year it's not like this but again i had no problems wearing a mask for the two whole weeks i decided to go but still you know I just want to go hang out in Narima. That's it. That's all I want to do. <laughs> then go to Tokyo, Akiba, check out uh, made cafes and stuff. You know, I just want to have a little bit of fun. So, you know. But uh, speaking of fun, we're going to talk about um, Tokusats. And if you don't know what I mean by Tokusats, I'm talking Super Sentai, Common Rider, those live action hero shows. And. We have we kind of have our favorites here on the show, so I believe Mako has a penchant for Maji Ranger, and I have a penchant for Go Onger, which was cracked out, and they turned it into a serious series here. And I'm just like, wow, how the hell do you do that? And now I'm here. Yeah, I, I I like the cracked ones. Now I'm hearing rumors that Hasbro is no longer uh, acquiring um, Super Sentai. They're going to go. They're going to actually reboot the original Power Rangers and do it animated. Oh God! I mean, the comics are really are going really well off of MMPR, so why not? And I get that. But my thing is, I just hated the fact that when Saban was still doing Rangers. They would just cut and paste episodes. They cut it down from 50 episodes to 22. Don't do that. Just do them all and just do your proper edits and quality because us older folks would, would kind of enjoy that. But thankfully, Discotech, they have been releasing older Super Sentai series in the States so you can actually see how really awesome it is. So what they decided to do was they're now putting out a line, they're creating a line just for the Super Sentai and Kamen Rider shows. And this was announced during their panel at Otakon on Saturday. It's, the label's going to be called Toku Time. 
The first licenses for the label will include the 1977 Legend of Dinosaurs and Monster Birds and the 1982 series Space Sheriff Gavon. A Legend of Dinosaurs and Monster Birds is called Kyuryu Kaicho no Densets and Space Sheriff Gavon is Uchu Keiji Gavon. If you want an idea of what Space Sheriff Gavon is like, if you remember VR Troopers, they look kind of like that. That's what, I think that's what they called the Metal Heroes uh, stuff, which is kind of cool. The, le- the release for Legend of Dinosaurs and Monster Birds will ship later this year and will be a new HD transfer. The release will, sh- will include the show's original trailers and the Frontier Enterprises English dub. The release for Spaceship Gavon will ship in October and will include all 44 episodes in HD. The release will be the first ever English release for the show and will in- include a reunion interview with lead actor Kenji Oba and director Osamu Kaneda as well as a photo gallery, a history, a historical essay by a Tokusa enthusiast, and essayist Mike Dent. And also, um, if you go on YouTube, there's a series, you can look up Garo, G-A-R-O. That's also another Tokusa series. And I forget who's putting it out, but they're actually putting out episodes of Garo on YouTube, properly subtitled and stuff. I think you're kind of, you're going to enjoy it. So definitely check that out. See what else is next here, and I guess we're going to bring it full circle with um hot topic. I think that's something that's right up Barry's alley. Man, if you are a millennial and you are pining for those days in the nineties, y'all, uh, I have been heavily addicted to an MMO that is Ghibli inspired. So this has hit me right in the feels. Uh, Hot Topic and Studio Ghibli are opening a fashion store in Tokyo's Harajuku, which it has been evolving. It has been changing throughout the years. Many knew it as kind of the indie drop-in for a lot of fashion shops and stuff, but it's definitely changed hands quite a bit. And now uh, you can definitely check it out to get some awesome Princess Mononoke denim, Spirited Away Yokosuka jackets, and an extra Kawaii, Totoro, and Harajuku Collective pop-up store. Uh, there's a pretty large crossover between Hot Topic shoppers and anime fans. Obviously, Hot Topic has kind of become more of a uh, popular fandom store than it has kind of, con- you know, continued its punk and gothic following. Uh, it's definitely veered straight into weeb territory, <laughs> to be honest, as evidenced by how many items that they sell uh, featuring Japanese animation characters and motifs. And there's a, they, you know, there's a, just a large crossover of their target market, basically. But that's about to change uh, because they're going to open a store next month in Tokyo as part of a creative partnership between Hot Topic and none other than Studio Ghibli or Ghibli. The Harajuku Collective collaborating is pairing some of anime's Studio Ghibli with a multitude of designs to create an array of apparel and accessories. And the pop-up store will be located naturally in Tokyo's trendy Harajuku neighborhood. The shop will carry a partial selection of the lines designed in America items, such as those in the article, and Japanese exclusive items from a group of nine Japanese designers, artists, and fashion brands like Denim Princess Mononoke jackets from a painter, Nancy Snake. So uh, it sounds like it's going to be a really cool uh, event. They've got a lot of kind of exclusive merchandise, and the Harajuku Collective pop-up store will open from August 10th to the 28th, so the items will be available also on its online shop. Odds are they will be selling out quickly. So if you want your limited edition merch, you want to support some indie brand designers, I think that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited to see where they go with it. 
I think that's going to be kind of cool, too. And to go back to when we talked about uh, Comic Cat, Slime Boy mentions the thought of Comic Cat level con crowdness is such a nightmare. Uh, yeah. It, the U.S. equivalent would be SDCC and New York Comic Con. And if you've watched the anime Genshi Ken, you'll understand. And now we're going to get into the part of the show that y'all really stick around for and enjoy the most. Meanwhile, in Japan, and from looking at this list of stuff, um, I'll take the last story. Don't everybody jump at once. I know, right? Uh, so I will... I will take the first story because I kind of like the idea of it. Uh, you know, and, and I think you mentioned like you knew somebody that has a brewery or something like that. So I figured. Well, we when yeah. we when when the trip like when I went over there and and we were wandering around and we went to some breweries. It was really cool to see because the thing is in Japan breweries weren't allowed to kind of be around for a long time. Obviously, really, it was just kind of heirloom spirits like sake and plum wine and that kind of stuff. And um, so when we got to go into this one brewery, there was like unpasteurized, unfiltered sake. It, it gets really crazy. They can get really intensive. Mm. But now they have everything from like matcha beer to um, just it's really cool to see the process of a country that has never really had a brewing process before mm -hmm. and seeing all of these indie brands that are popping up. But anyway, uh, so I guess Mako will take the second story. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I guess I'll start. Go for it. <laughs> uh, Japan uh, has a brewery, a craft brewery and tech company to simulate making beer on the moon and Mars. Get ready for some out-of-this-world beer. Mm. Oh, they should have gone suds or something. Uh, the advent of space colonization may not be so far away, so it's important to consider what life outside of Earth might be like. Normally, when posed with a choice of living on the moon or Mars, the first question always springs to mind is, is the beer any good? <laughs> that is exactly what two Japanese companies have set out to discover by cultivating brewer's yeast, where no other uh, uh, brewer has cultivated before. Uh, first, there's the Diorealer uh, Brew Works and the Osaka's Nishinari area, and they are part of Cyclo, a company that provides welfare and employment services to people in the famously impoverished part of Japan where they're based. Since starting in 2018, <laughs> Derailer is created. Uh, they've created over a hundred types of craft beer, uh, but they're now preparing to create varieties that the world has never seen. I'm sorry, it's, I got those two L's out, stuck out, in my time out. Yeah, go ahead. Time out. Yeah, yeah. Time out. Um, Streamlabs j just errored out. Streamlabs. <laughs> yeah, and, and completely. And, yeah, and Nvidia error. Hold, hold, hold on. Hold on. Okay. Hold on. Okay. Um, okay. I'm going to jump in the chat on here. You know, hold on. Let them know. We're here. OBS crashed. All right. So hold on. Stand by. Let's try it again. If it'll allow. Okay. Um, I. Okay. Let me refresh the page. Alright, because it says... Alright, come on. Uh, no, it shows that we are off. Um, 
I'm thankfully I'm still recording all of this, so let's see. Hold on here. I am going to stop. I'm going to stop stop this. Stop the recording. It should render out. And if not, there should be a copy on my backup share. I am checking that real quick. Um, ep videos, episodes. Oh, good. There is an episode here. Okay. Actually, no. It's zero bytes. Uh What the heck happened? All right. Uh, I'm going to close this. Yes. Okay. All right, hold on. You, want to, you wish to exit? Yes, we do wish to exit. Okay. I am going to reopen Streamlabs. No. Can't shut down any instances of OBS that's running. Okay. Um... Task Manager. I should have uh, rebooted, but I rebooted like yesterday, so I was like, I should. There was no need. Okay, I'm gonna go ahead and close out OBS and process tree. Done. Okay. Let's reopen OBS. All right, we are all here. All right. Let's. Okay, I just started the stream back up again. So hopefully. We should be good, and we are back. Okay, all right. Sorry about that. We are back live. Um, the NVIDIA encoder for the sh that that pushes the show out to to um Twitch crashed, and that's why we went offline. So we're sorry. We apologize. I will be doing some edits later tonight and tomorrow, and the episode will be up. Don't worry. Yeah, didn't miss anything. And C. DeBerry says, I'm blaming Con Ed. Oh, no, 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 no. That was yesterday morning when I got up and went to the bathroom to shower, and the power went out twice while I was in the shower. <laughs> oh, no, bro. Oh, no. Yeah. I, I'm going, I, I keep saying, I, I keep saying I'm going to get a battery backup, and I don't, but I'm going to have to get one. So. Yeah, yeah, you're going to want to get one. <laughs> yeah. So. Can you pick up uh, right right where, where I was fumbling yeah. over my words? Okay, yeah, yeah let's just do that. Uh, so Take do you there? <laughs> well, okay, I know. Cut. Go. Um, okay. <clears throat> this is exactly what two Japanese companies have set out to discover by cultivating brewer's yeast, where no one has cultivated brewer's yeast before. 
Uh, first, there was Derailleur Brewworks in Osaka's Nishinari area. Actually, Derailleur is part of Cyclo, a company that provides welfare and employment services to people in the famously impoverished part of Japan where they're based. And since its start in 2018, Derailleur has created over 100 types of craft beer, but are now preparing to create varieties that the world has and space have never seen. Um, <laughs> uh they are basically going to play around with the role of converting sugar into alcohol and that yeast is a very significant factor in that. But does gravity affect those microorganisms is kind of what they're looking to discover. Digital Blast is a Tokyo-based company that creates AMAZ, a maze gravity generator, and this machine can be set to simulate a desired gravitational pull using its only own centrifugal force. I was going to say centrifugal, but it's centrifugal. Uh, to do this, it must first be installed in the microgravity environment of the ISS, a step scheduled for 2024. It is hoped that the AMAS may be used by research organizations to test the effects of different gravities on plant life to determine their potential as crops when colonizing locations such as the lunar and Martian surface, but also as a tool for private companies as a way to create revenue from the space industry as a whole. Derailer is supposed to be the first private company to make use of it, and they will be cultivating yeast inside of it. It'll be sent back to the base of Area 2470, which can be read as Nishinari in Japanese, for brewing the first batch tentatively named Uchu beer, or space beer. Uh, that is a very sweet. Um, uh, unfortunately, due to the high technical steps involved, it'll be some time before Uchu beer hits the market. And here's hoping there's some great tasting beer. But even if not, it'll be one small step for beer and one giant leap for mankind. Not saying beer cut. That's dim. <laughs> they they missed the mark on a bunch of these puns, and I am a, I am upset by it. It's okay. It's okay. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. <laughs> At least this time, when uh, when the NBA encoder crashed, I was able to get it up and running and continue to stream as opposed to the last time. So, there's that. But on the it is raining very hard outside right now. I'm not hearing anything outside my window, so I have a feeling you I'm... ain't getting it. I am. Well, I'm probably gonna be getting it's it in about... south of you. Well, it's going to be going north, so I expect it to probably be in my area in about an hour. Give or take. No, it's all south of you. Ah. Well then. I just realized I'm going to have to download Handbrake because even though OBS crashed, I have the file of the stream, but it didn't export it as an MP4, so I'll take care of that later. So, you know. Anywho, uh, moving right along. Hmm. Um, What's going on with fish there, uh, Mako. Yeah, so um, a Japanese pond owner breaks into tears because 3,000 fish die during a robbery. What? So, yeah. Um, Japan is known for, especially during the summer, uh, these kind of you know, different events and one of them is indoor fishing and a lot of times it is for food however this particular place is not it's more for ornamental fish so um the fishing pond called Sur uh, cerebiori 
Hongpo in the town of Toki in Gifu Prefecture. The owner arrived at the facility on Tuesday morning to get the place ready to open for the day when he noticed that someone had cracked the inset window on the building's back door and broken into the office. The burglar stole a few thousand yen, which is equivalent to less than $100, along with the office Wi-Fi router and the hard drive containing the data from the digital security camera system. As far as burglaries go, you didn't lose that much. Unfortunately, um, there was a large loss of life because some 3,000 fish that were in the pond died as a result of the break-in. In addition to breaking the back window, the thieves also cut the building's power line, which disabled the pond's air pump and filter system. And by the time the owner showed up for work on Tuesday morning, most of the fish had died. Uh, he said, to me, the fish were our company's employees. My employees were killed. Um, so he did have an interview and he ended up breaking down multiple times during the interview as he described the incident. For five years, we've cared for the fish, raised them, and now all I can say is I don't know what to do. Uh, the money we lost and the property damage honestly don't matter at all compared to the fish. It hurts my heart so much that they were killed like this. It is so wrong. And while it might seem surprising that the owner of a fishing pond would have so much concern for the well-being of the same fish that his business encourages customers to try and catch, um, the indoor fishing ponds, again, as I said, are kind of unique because they're not always exclusively stocked with fish meant to eat. So this particular fishing pond was home to goldfish, koi, and sturgeon. Of the three, sturgeon are the only one that's primary um, to eat in Japan. Goldfish are never eaten in Japan, which um, why if you see them at fishing facilities in Japan, it's usually with the idea that the customer will take them home um, and keep them as a pet. Mm -hmm. And while eating koi isn't unheard of, they're far more, uh, far more prized for their appearance than their flavor. And most Japanese people would rather have a koi. A what now? Did we just lose Mako? I don't think so, but I don't. Hear I mean, if her. I don't hear her either. Let's see what's going on in our um, behind the scenes studio chat. <laughs> behind the scenes in chat, <laughs> yeah. Let's go. Let's go to see what's going on behind the scenes in chat. Um. So wait, yes, chat. How are you? Uh, looking great tonight, y'all. Um. Yeah, how's how 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 are you doing? Uh, <sighs> how's everybody doing tonight? <laughs> oh, um, oh, that's what happened. Her internet, happened? her internet gave her a DOS boot. No, oh my yes. god, that's so frustrating. Yes, her internet gave her a DOS boot. All right, Mako Chan was killed by the internet. Everyone type, everyone hit F mm -hmm. in the chat. F. Oh. No, no, it's worse than that. She lost power. Oh, lost power completely. Yeah, she's wow. joined, she's here live with us via uh, her phone. So because oh. of, because of that, I am not. She will not be joining us for the rest of the show. I guess she needs to conserve that battery because we don't uh, know how long. Yeah. Ugh! Big old bag of oofs. 
Yeah. Oh my gosh, all the technical things that could happen. <clears throat> yeah, sad, big, big, sad, mm-hmm. big, sad face. Yes. Frick. She's like, I'm in the dark. And see the beard yeah. goes, Mako-chan deserves all the power. Yes, she does. Someone give her a Shira sword, please. For the honor of Grayskull, I guess, you know? Yeah. Um... I, I I will I will finish this article up. So, let's see. Oh my gosh! Oh, it's so painful. Yes. <laughs> anyway, please continue, Ranma, with your lovely article for the day. <laughs> I'm 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 going I'm going to finish it up. And as the article goes, even if a fish is ultimately going to end up on a dinner plate, Japanese cultural values still hold that an animal's life should be valued and treated with respect. This is, after all, a country where it's customary to say "ikidakimas." which means I gratefully accept this before every meal, not only as thanks to the person who prepared it, but also to the plants and animals whose lives are about to nourish us. Fish are living things, and I wish the thieves could understand the value of their lives. Yamada's focus on the loss of life being the true tragedy here, the financial damage of the business is devastating. He estimates the value of the fish was somewhere in the range of 5 to 6 million yen, which translates to between thirty-seven and $45,000. The timing couldn't be worse, either, coming during the summer vacation season when kids and families come to fish, and also following two years of tough economic times due to the pandemic. The business is currently closed, and Yamada says there is currently little prospect of being able to reopen, though sympathetic online commenters have discussed the possibility of setting up a crowdfunding campaign to get Suribori Hanpo back on its feet. And I just want to let y'all know for future reference, the pandemic is not over we're still in a pandemic. Just just understand that. And now, we will get into our final story out of Japan tonight. A man was... Now... A man was arrested for driving without a license. Now, that's kind of... That's kind of expecting... You're just like, that's on your, art, that's on your list here? But here's the thing. He was arrested for driving without a license for over 50 years. On May 15th, a passenger car was driving through Higashimoriyama, Tokyo, when it was suddenly struck behind by a Harley-Davidson three-wheeled motorcycle. However, rather than following the proper procedure and notifying the police of the collision, the tricycle sped off. Luckily, no one was injured in the crash, but left a debt in the car that cost 400,000 yen, which translates to $2,900. And that's how much it costs to fix. The owners of the automobile reported it to the police, who launched an investigation into the hit and run and used the car's dash cam to identify the vehicle. It wasn't until about two months later that that same silver bike was spotted by a patrol car in Kyose, Tokyo. The officer told the suspect to pull over, but he sped down a narrow path that the car couldn't enter. One of the officers jumped out of the car and followed on foot, eventually catching up to the motorcycle at a dead end. When the police asked to see the light, the biker's license, he told them he left it at home. However, upon further questioning, the rider, 69-year-old Tatsuo Matsumoto, finally broke down and admitted that he never had one and was arrested for driving without a license. 
Further investigation revealed that Matsumoto had been operating motorbikes without a license for over 50 years. He explained that he had attempted to get a motorcycle license six times, but couldn't pass a written test issued by the police, so he gave up at the near end of the Showa period, which is around the late 1980s. Despite that, he had been riding motorcycles since he was 17 years old and was taught by a senior classmate when he entered high school. He had been caught and fined once for driving without a license around that time, and then once again when he was in his 50s. The three-wheeled Harley was purchased four years ago from a dealer in Saitama Prefecture, and it had about 30,000 kilometers, which translates to about 18,000 miles on it. He told the police that he rode it every day, except during bad weather, and he gave the dealer the same line about forgetting his license when he purchased the bike for about 6 million yen, which translates to $44,000. That, that dollar to yen ratio ain't no joke now. Yeah, it's really not. It's really not. <laughs> Maybe I should um, pull $500 out of my savings and put that into yen. Maybe I really should. In Japan, a three-wheeled motorcycle can be driven with a regular car class driver's license rather than a motorcycle license. But Matsumoto had no license to speak of, so it's a moot point in this case. Although the biker's actions were brash and reckless, many readers of the news were more surprised that he managed to slip through so many holes in the system to get as far as he did. How did he get past the safety inspections? I think it's a big problem that you can buy a vehicle without showing a license. I realize this is my own prejudice, but really? A three-wheeled Harley? I think the driver's license should have a chip inside so that the vehicle won't start unless a valid one is in range. I question his memory and intelligence that he fails the test six times. And I can kind of feel that. Like, I've taken, like, certification tests for IT, like, tech, like, exams, and I failed them. But yet, I still know what I'm doing. And thankfully, most IT jobs do not require such things. So, bless. And the writer of this article says so he has taken these police tests can confirm that they are quite hard and wouldn't disparage anyone for failing six times. Passing it requires a level of knowledge far beyond what the average driver retains. Same thing with um, IT certification exams. Still, the test is not terribly expensive at under 3,000 yen, which is 22 bucks a pop, whereas in New York State, taking the written exam and passing it will run you about $60. So even if he took it and failed it dozens of times, he probably still would have come out ahead financially compared to the fines he's received. Uh, the amount of fine issued in this instance wasn't reported, but by law, it goes high as 500,000 yen, which is $3,600. You'd have to assume that given the extensive of his illegal writing, he'd have gotten something that's towards the higher end. Then there's likely lawsuit and possible criminal charges associated with the hit and run to look forward to, so this is all amounting to a very costly lifestyle choice. At least he'll be getting his trike return, and selling that will go a long way to paying everything off. Gives new meaning to driving Miss Daisy, huh? I know. I'm not sure about all that, but it sounds like it's going to be pretty intense. Yeah. Just, wow. All right. I think it's time for us to wrap up the show. What what what, what do you think, uh, Barry? I am right there with you. Yeah, I think it's good. I think it's good. We we went way over, but I think it was a lot of fun, and I hope you guys yeah. had some fun too in chat. I always appreciate having you here. Yeah, I admit we do go over when you're on. It's just that you bring so much more to the table. 
and I, and it's and I and I don't want to stop you because you bring so much to the table. Everyone's like, I'm full, but I need to eat more. <laughs> no, it's always it's always a pleasure. It's always a pleasure. I know there's always like a lot of chaos whenever I'm on, yeah. so it's totally okay. But it's still so fun, though. So if you yes. so if you like the show, tell another friend and so on and so forth. We're independent bloggers, independent podcasters. We do this for the fun of it. So what we like and don't like, we're actually telling you straight out. So there's that. If you have any questions about the show, drop us a line at website at no, drop us a line at podcast at animejamsession.com. We're here to believe you. Ooh, it's getting a little hot in here. Check out our website at AnimeJamSession.com where you will find our weekly podcasts, anime reviews, editorials, cosplay interviews, cosplay tips and tricks, links to our YouTube page for convention coverage, and links to our Facebook fan page for cosplay coverage. So definitely check all that out at AnimeJamSession.com. And don't forget to check out our podcast on the go. Whatever app you use for downloading podcasts, just search Anime Jam Session. You'll find over 500 episodes, so definitely check them out. And what's cool is these apps will allow you to leave reviews, so we will greatly appreciate if you kind of left us some, a five-star review or something. You know, we can kind of enjoy this. So, yeah. So, now we're going to go basically around the... No, before we get there. <laughs> around the room, back and forth. <laughs> well, kind of, sort of. Side side. We're doing the cha-cha slide, y'all. No, no, you can do the cha-cha slide. <laughs> I can't dance worth a shit, but... um. <laughs> don't forget to follow us on our social media at on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. It's Anime Jam Session. Follow us and so you know when we're going live, when we have new media up, and other cool stuff. And don't forget the tip chart down below. You can tip us through Stream Elements link there, our Ko-Fi link. You can throw us bits. You can subscribe to our channel and give gift subscriptions, or even auto-host us. We really appreciate that. And so now I'm going to toss it over to Barry Mellon for last words. Thanks so much for having me again. It's always a joy and super fun to hang out with you guys and cut up and just be mischievous per usual. Uh, it's nice to see you guys again, and I'll see you guys next month. My last words is, I can't wait to turn this air conditioner back on. And I know, uh, and I know, <laughs> I know Mako-chan's last words. I'm in the dark. <laughs> Yeah, I'm in the dark. That's basically what we got. Yep. Yeah, that, that's her last words. So that is it. End of list. We'll be back next week with a new episode. Wild Spice should be joining us. So come through and have fun. So I'm Ranma. I'm Barry Mellon. Great fight. Great night. See you next week. Bye. Say goodnight, Barry Mellon. Goodnight, Barry Mellon. Perfect. Awesome. <laughs> we'll see you next week.